This episode of Business Connection is brought to you in part by presenting sponsor Esser Hayes Insurance Group, serving the Naperville community by putting an expert in your corner since 1941. I'm Liz Spencer and welcome to Business Connection, introducing you to the names and faces of Naperville area entrepreneurs and business owners. Today we'll meet with Bridge to Freedom and Opus, but stay tuned for Shine Delight Web and Writing Services, all here on Business Connection. Welcome to Business Connection. I'm Liz Spencer. I have a wonderful guest in studio. It's Abigail Davidson of Shine Delight Web and Writing Service. Hi, Abigail. Hey, how are you? Good. So I think it's I think it's important for you to tell me a little bit about your story. So who is Abigail Davidson? Abigail Davidson. I am still, you know, I'm in a learning who I am. I'm in a new space. Mm -hmm. Um very, I was very introverted, very shy, um, a lot of anxiety, stayed to myself. So working in um, web development and IT, those industries kind of worked for me. Sure. <laughs> because I could hide. Mm -hmm. um, even if I, we were having like a meeting or something, I'd be at my desk, I'd be on Skype. <laughs> Everyone would be in the boardroom, the conference room, I'd be on Skype um, listening, you know, and conversating in from my desk. Um, had a, you know, had a situation where I said, okay, now I'm challenged, right? Challenged um, in my faith and challenged in what my next career move would be. Um, I was climbing the corporate ladder, right? Mm -hmm. You know, had that, always had that um, drive to climb the corporate ladder, shatter the glass ceiling. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, have that corner office with the view. And all of those things were challenged for me. Um, you know, had a moment where I just sat and reflected and said, okay, where do I go from here? You know, what's my next move? And for me, it was, you know, look at what, look at everything that I have. What, what have I been doing? Because a lot of times what we need is already within us. Mm -hmm. It's already there. So we have to just do a little search to say, okay, what do I have that I can use now to get me where I need to go. And one of the things that I have is the ability to write. Um, I have the ability to um, to sell. Um, even though I'm an introvert, that sounds crazy. Right? It does. <laughs> but it's the way, you know, mm -hmm. it's the way that, that I do it that um, essentially works for me. And now I'm, I'm out here, mm -hmm. right? I went, I went and I said, okay, I got Shine Delight Web and Writing Services. I've always had Shine Delight um, in, in the sense of writing. I've always been doing freelance writing services. Um, if someone said to me, you know, I have an idea for a book, I would sit with them. I said, tell me, um, tell me your idea. And then tell me how this book will change your life and, and your future. And they would, and then I would, would write for them. Yes, I volunteered. <laughs> And um, it was rewarding in the sense that I gave someone the opportunity to improve, you know, their life. If that's all it took was, you know, a book to improve your life, 
you know, it was it was more than enough for me to say, okay, I'll give that to, give that to you. And then I sat there and said, okay, what can I do with this? <laughs> and that's where um, Shine Delight Web and Writing Services kind of um, came about for me. And I just dived right in. Um, sat there with my business license. Okay, what <laughs> what do I do? And I just once I leaped in. I've been out, <laughs> out my box, um, and I haven't haven't looked back. I'm not sure I'll even fit in the box if I ever tried to get back in that box. I'm not sure that I would even fit. Um, the exposure that I've had, the, the people that I've met, the connections that I've made um, are so rewarding. I have no desire to go back to introverted mm -hmm. Abby sitting at her desk, um, Skype, you know, doing a Skype call and mm -hmm. not interacting. Um, I go to, you know, like networking events mm -hmm. and what I've learned is that I have a, a really good ability to network and it's like, you wouldn't think that someone introverted with anxiety <laughs> would know how to do that, but the more I did it, the more the anxiety went away. Mm -hmm. The more I did it, the, the more non-introverted I was. I won't say I'm an extrovert, but I'm definitely not as um, as closed in as I was. I'm very... Um, I'm very open now. You are. You are very warm. You're very approachable. <laughs> I find that hard to believe. <laughs> but talk to me a little bit about what you do for your clients. What is um, the web service and the writing service? How does it all come together for your clients? So web do, our web piece is we build out e-commerce stores. So we build online digital stores. If you have um, products of a thousand or more, you want a digital store. So what we do is custom build you um, an online store. We use WordPress and Magento. Um, I like to code, so <laughs> I have to use the platforms that allow me to, to build out those customized sites for you. Um, we do your marketing for you, so once we build those site, that website for you, that online store for you, we, we then market that product for you. We market it so, via social media, so we do social media marketing. We market it um, for SEO and SEM, so we're doing organic campaigns and we're also doing paid campaigns. So you'll see different promotions, um, different ads for how to sell those products online. We do all that for you. That's amazing because mm -hmm. I, I think often um, businesses know you know they pr produce the widget or the shoes mm -hmm. and they don't have any idea now. And I think it's and they always try to take it in house or not. I think businesses are not investing mm -hmm. the way they should, and mm -hmm. here you are offering a service that I think is a great, your timing is wonderful. <laughs> yes, a lot of times businesses, um, and it's all about, you know, like how, the affordability, like mm -hmm. what could, you know, what could we afford, um, how much we're willing to spend, and I'm going to encourage you to spend, um, because if you bring in an amateur, you're going to have to call a professional to come in and fix it, and it's going to be even more costly to you <laughs> than to have hired the professionals to start with. Or, you know, a lot of times businesses think, oh, well, you know, we'll just use the all-inclusive site, and that's fine, you know, for, for certain projects. But you really want to reach out to, you know, an agency like ours because we assume all those tasks for you. So the only thing you're doing is providing us with information, um, and we're doing the marketing for you, you know. so. Everything that you would have to hire an individual person for, if you came to us, we assume all that for you, and then that task falls on me in terms of having those people in place to, to do those um, various marketing 
um, strategies for your product or and or your service on your website. You just really essentially become a member of the team for you, who yes. you're working for because yes. I, I can tell that you're passionate about what you yes. do so I'm yes. sure that happens. Yes absolutely I'm um, you know some you know like sometimes we'll have to say you know she don't really work here. <laughs> you know, like I'm not really a staff member. I'm, <laughs> I'm their agency. Mm -hmm. um, and that's fine because then we've built a really great working relationship mm -hmm. where we're comfortable with one another. Um, and I want my cl clients to feel comfortable enough to say, you know, this person is, is, you know, providing our service, but she's doing more than providing our service. And I'm essentially building your revenue, so I would think you would want to, you know, be able to reach me by phone right. <laughs> if I'm building your revenue. So you also have author service, so that's an area you're diving into. Tell me a little bit about that. Yes, so I've always done the ghostwriting. Um, I've done ghostwriting, I've done editing, I've done tutoring. So, I, you know, we've kind of added on author marketing. There are a number of people who have books and then they think, oh, well, I, I put it on Amazon, you know, that's it, that's all I needed to do. And they're like, but I'm not, you know, they're, a couple of months later, they're like, okay, I put it on Amazon. <laughs> but I'm not a bestseller yet? I'm not a bestseller yet. Um, <laughs> so you have to put in a little bit of work and we teach you how to market your brand. You're the brand, you're selling your, your product. Um, so we teach authors how to do that and we help them market their products online. Um, if they're doing events, we kind of help you know them figure out how to navigate that process. So if you're in a grocery store, there should be a book in your purse. Um, whatever you're doing, you should be selling that product. So whatever this, you know, whatever you wrote about, there should be a conversation about something in your book that has people say to you, "Wow, that's an amazing story." And then you lead into the conversation that says, "You know what? I have I wrote it in my book. I have a book." And then, you know, that leads further into a sale, you know, because once you pull it out your purse, <laughs> then you put your little um, cube on your phone, now, now you've made a purchase. Um, or you have a website, which we will build for you. If you're, you're an author, you have more than one book, we build you a, your own customized website to sell your books. It links to Amazon so customers can go back and forth, find out who you are as an author and what, you know, any additional products that you have. And if you're going to be like and doing different events, now you have your speaking engagements. So now your exposure is there. So essentially what we're doing is building your brand as the author and exposing you to um, to you know different audiences so that people are, are coming to to buy your book or book you for speaking services. You seem to have it all covered Abigail. You really do. <laughs> trying. You try. Well you do a great job and I think you know that you have you know come through a journey of, of uh, being a little bit on the introverted side to mm -hmm. now here you are so and you have a lot to offer businesses and people with your different web, sale, web skills and writing services. So thanks so much for stopping by Business Connection and sharing all that is Abigail. Mm -hmm. A joy to meet you. Joy to meet you. And we know you're going to be super successful and you're going to help us be super successful. So thank you. Thank you. We're going to be right back with more Business Connection. Stay tuned.
Welcome to Business Connection. I'm Liz Spencer. We're on location today at North Central College where we're learning all about Opus and their chamber music camp. Opus has been bringing chamber music to chamber music opportunities to youth for a long time. Tell me, tell me what is chamber music? Well, chamber music is a group of a smaller number of players. It could be as few as three or maybe six, seven, eight, and they come together and they sit down and they get their instruments out and they play together and without a conductor. It is teamwork. So when we're, they're playing together, what type of music might they play? Well, of course, one might naturally think of Mozart and Beethoven, that sort of thing. But truthfully, it could be any genre. So this morning I heard some piazzola, some great tango stuff, and then on our concert we definitely have some jazz. Wow. Now tell me a little bit, you run camps every year. How many kids usually attend? This year we have over 100 students playing chamber music, and other years it's about 80 to 90. It just depends on availability. And where do they come from? Well, these students come from the Chicago suburbs mostly, but we do have a student from Taiwan this year. Wow. So he is busy uh, improving people's Chinese. <laughs> That's awesome. So tell me a little bit about the camp and its structure. How does it work? Well, the students, of course, receive uh, instruction on their, for their chamber music group. And then we have actually two camps, the uh, junior high students and the high school students. And for that reason, we have two orchestras, the junior high orchestra and the high school orchestra. Now, of course, we have many pianists, about 12 this year. And those pianists are assigned to bell, handbell choirs. So we have a wonderful handbell teacher, Patty Barnes, and she puts together just these wonderful arrangements. And it's really cool the students do this and that. It's like having your own carol on at the concert. That's wonderful. And so, so you have all these students and they, it's a week long? It is a week long. We start on Sunday and the concert is on Saturday. And so Sunday is meeting everyone, the first rehearsal, and then Saturday is just uh, dress up in your white and black and, and bring mom and dad and everybody else you know. That's awesome. So tell me, why, why is it important for a chamber musician to have this opportunity? What are you trying to do for them in this camp? Well, of course, music is the first thing. But after that, a small group, you have to negotiate to get your point across. If you want something faster or slower, you need to learn how to present your case to everybody else that's in your ensemble. But it's also, uh, then you need you know, the teamwork because you know, it can't be like, well, I'm gonna do what I want on stage and who cares if the rest don't play. It's not a one-man effort, it's a group of four effort. And so it's the cooperation, uh, diplomacy, <laughs> all the skills that we actually need as adults. I, and I think that's something that we don't often think about with music. I think you're right. We just think, oh, they have the technical skill to play these notes. But it's actually those softer skills that these students will carry into their future. Right. Well, and I, I think it's they have those the technical skills, but I think we often dismiss them as oh they're creative, so they're not going to necessarily be strategic and and form a group and be a leader. That's often doesn't go with the creative, and that does not go together. But here with chamber music and, and music in general, people underestimate that. 
Yes, and they, they do get to learn to be a leader, but in the group, it is not just one person leading. So often people will say the first violin is the leader, but the truth is if the cello has the solo and sets the tempo, the cellist is temporarily the leader. So I think with the leadership, they learn how to give and take and assume the responsibility when they have to. That's, those are super skills. Tell me a little bit about the skill level and the, and the type of student that is eligible for this. Well, we have some phenomenal students. And yet, we accept students at every skill level. We have, a, uh, we have audition requirements on our website. So the students, uh, you know, when they look at the audition requirements, then they would know whether that they are a fit for the camp. And I assign music. So what I do is I just uh, I review every video that we receive and I look at the skills they have and then I find other students that have registered and I find music that's appropriate for that group. Now I've had the opportunity to see some of your musicians work together and they, they, they are a variety of age groups, yes, um, race, gender, all of it, but yet when they play music that all those concerns seem to drop away. It is true. Once you sit down and, and join and start playing with, you know, even to say I could sit down with these students and the differences of as an adult and students, it would disappear because we would be working on one goal, the music. So it's the same with all other sorts of factors, whatever age, gender, you name it, it all disappears. I think it's wonderful because I think it's neat to see an eighth grader who might be excellent on the piano, but he's sitting next to a, a cellist who's a senior in high school. You get a little bit of, of role modeling by that cello. You know, there's a lot of influences that are going on between those age groups that you might not necessarily get otherwise. And I think that's awesome. Yes, and our, we have a fabulous group of TAs that help the faculty. And these TAs are not only music majors, but they are other majors as well, most often former campers. And I would say the students receive a lot of, uh, if you want to call it role modeling, from these TAs. They find lots of information. How do you apply for college? Where, where's this school? All of that sort of thing. So important. So I'm glad that that happens and it happens very organically when, and that's best. Now they, the camp ends with a concert, but then there's yet another concert that's given to the community. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, two days after the concert on a Monday is the Salute, Honor, and Love concert. It is a concert for veterans and for underserved communities. So it's at two o'clock in Wentz Concert Hall. At this concert, uh, we open the lobby early. The attendees, they might come visit, chat, and then the concert will start. After the concert concludes, they might visit and chat some more. So it's actually a full afternoon for them. Why, why do you do this? Why is it important for Opus to present this type of concert? It is important for the students to give back to the community. And it is also a concert that creates community because in our days of now we have all these computers and we can go sit in our own homes and not open the door. That might seem like you are connected, but you, you know, as we all know, we are actually more connected when we are sitting next to each other and having a face-to-face -face conversation. So the concert is an opportunity for the community to come together and feel like a community. That's awesome. I think what Opus brings to the student, brings to the community, and brings to chamber music is wonderful. Thank you so much. Well, You're, thank you. You are doing such wonderful work. It's a pleasure to be able to chat with you every year. Thank you.
NCTV17.com is the best place for you to stay up to date on your neighborhood happenings. Get your local news and sports all on the go by signing up for our daily news update. Naperville Community Television, keeping you informed. Welcome to Business Connection. I'm Liz Spencer. We have a fascinating guest in studio today. It's Dr. Mika Garrett, and she's the Executive Director for Bridge to Freedom. Doctor, tell me a little bit about you. Let's start there. So my story would start with my time in prison, right? I went to prison two times, and I was a heroin addict for about 30 years. So I had some of the same struggles that the people that I help, right? And so that allowed me to understand what they're going through. And once I was in prison, um, the main thing that happened to me is I began to walk with the Lord, right? Mm -hmm. And so I got saved in prison, and so when I came home from prison, the drugs and all of that were gone, and so I went back to school. I come from a very educated African-American family, strong matriarchs. Went back to school, and when I looked up, I had worked all the way up to a master's degree in criminal justice, and so um, a friend of mine who also is an ex-offender, we both entered the doctorate program and both got doctorates in organizational management and leadership. And during that time in 2009 is when um, God just gave me the vision for Bridge to Freedom. And my husband, who was also in prison, the two of us developed the curriculum and the vision for Bridge to Freedom. And it was basically just that men and women who come home from prison, they really get saved or their lives change while they're in prison. And they want the same change when they come out. But if the environment is not conducive to what has happened to them there, their fruit they're like fruit that will spoil on the ground. So we wanted to make sure that they had a clean environment to come home to. So tell me a little bit with Bridge to Freedom, you've got a little bit of the mission there to provide that, that, that clean and safe entry. Mm -hmm. and, and you've brought it to Fort Heights. Yes. And why is that? Because we were located on the west side of Chicago and we were in the inner city. And so the temptations were so strong there. On the corner, people were selling loose squares. Mm -hmm. They were selling drugs on the corner. And we wanted our people to be able to come to an environment that was clean and rural and away from all of the temptations that got them in trouble in the first place. This is not to say that people in rural communities don't go to prison, because they do, especially with the new Met mm -hmm. um, that's going on. You know, it's happening on farms and everywhere. But when you're going back and forth to the grocery store and people are approaching you to sell drugs and different things like that, we just thought somewhere rural would be so much better. And so how are you, I feel like with you bringing your, with Bridge to Freedom coming to Fort, Fort Heights, you're helping, they're helping you and you're helping them. Talk Absolutely. to me a little bit about that. That's a great relationship. It's, and it's a great relationship with Bridge to Freedom and the mayor and the community there. The mayor there, Mayor 
uh, Coulter, she is so interested in second chances, right? And she was so adamant about how when people in the community in the southern suburbs come home from prison, they have to go all the way to the west side or all the way to the south side for their anger management, lifestyle redirection, substance abuse, or mental health. So she was really, really on board for having something in the southern suburbs because the suburbs have become the new city because of the gentrification. So many people have had to move out there, right? Right. So tell me a little bit about how you're, you're different from other programs. Well, our program, we work, we begin to work with the inmate one year before they leave prison. Most um, reentry programs don't work with them. We mentor them. Um, we send them curriculums. My husband has written a very comprehensive set of curriculums, action plans, uh, goal plans, um, job setting, church setting education setting, just different curriculums that we work with them one year before they leave prison. We have a set of books that we send in to them that they read and they do the workbook part of it. We work with Prison Fellowship, Wheaton, and we get their books to send in to them. So it's like um, a, um, a mail order thing where they're doing the work and sending it back to us mm -hmm. and this goes on for one year then we have a 15 page application that they have to fill out and that sets the stage we they are approved or disapproved according to the application and how long is this program so the program is actually three years one year behind the bars two years once you are released. You can stay at our facility for up to two years, long as you are working towards your goals and towards your plans, and you are successfully reintegrating back into society. And sometimes that takes that long. Is that different from most others? It is, it is, because most programs will allow you 90 days right before they're saying, um, you need to have a job, you need to be paying, you need to be doing this. And that's not that to say that we're not a pay program as well, but sometimes it takes six months for them to find a job. Sometimes we have to send them through a culinary art training program that's 12 weeks and then they get the job. So 12 weeks is three months and it might take three months or two months for them to even get approved for the culinary arts program. So there's not a rush, there is a plan and you work through it and you pace through it at your own pace. That's wonderful. Tell me a little bit about how the how the community is embracing you or how you're working with the community and giving back with your, and the outreach you do as well. Well the churches in the community volunteer if they have food pantries they donate food the churches in the community give you know we have one church um, friends for life church over in Flossmore that church under the leadership of Dr. Uh, George Wilson that church has embraced us and they just come in with gifts and beds and a linen and sheets and towels and soap and personals, deodorant and things like that. And then they they even volunteer their services and their time. 
Why is it important that we think about um, ex-offenders coming back to the neighborhood? What is the percentage that return and, and why is that so important that a program like yours gets the support you need? Only 2% in the state of Illinois are lifers. So that means 98% are coming home. And when they come home, if they don't have a good reentry program to come to, then they're going right into the neighborhood. They're going to be your neighbors, right? And the federal government, everybody has to go to a reentry program upon their release, and they go there for 90 days to 120 days. And it makes reentry so much more successful because you have, uh, it's like a support group that can help you, counselors, different people that can help you. These people come home with nothing, you know, no ID, anything. And sometimes their families are not able to give that support. Their families are working, taking care of kids, doing things. And you might not be able to say, Mom, I need you to take me to get an ID. But at Bridge, those are the things we do. We help you get your medications. We help you get, get set up with doctors. We help you get your Medicaid or insurance or dental or eyeglasses, so many needs. So many needs. How can people help you the most? Give money, money, give. The financial needs are great. They're great. Um, and so, you know, anybody wanting to give, you know, we have a website, www.bridgetofreedom.org. There's a donate button there. It is so, it takes about Fourteen to fifteen thousand dollars a year per inmate to successfully get them started. You know, with clothes, the education, the bus cards, the different things that they're going to need to get to work. You know, just everything that they're going to need. Well, I love how you say when they're coming home because mm -hmm. I think that is so important because they are coming home and mm -hmm. you're providing home with Bridge to Freedom. So I cannot yes. thank you enough for stopping by and telling me all about it. Yes. We wish you a lot of success. You are doing vitally, vitally important work. So thank you for what you do. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. We're gonna be right back with more Business Connections. Stay tuned.